0: This is the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz and this is the show where I bring to life the true failures, the true successes and the true learnings from recruiters and recruitment business owners globally. This podcast is now sponsored and supported by Hunted. Hunted is the destination for recruitment careers. You can download the mobile app or visit hunted.com to step inside the offices of hundreds of the world's best recruitment brands and see what it's actually like to work there. If you did not know, recruitment skills are in high demand and there's never been such a diverse range of opportunities out there for recruiters. On Hunted, you can filter jobs and brands by location, sector and size, as well as nearly 60 different badges that are awarded to businesses based on their features and benefits. You can discover brands who will relocate you overseas, brands that offer flexible working or brands that are of fast growth and with an in-house L&D function filter by companies in WeWorks, companies with office dogs, or companies that have invested in a mental well-being initiative. You can build an anonymous profile in minutes and spec yourself into brands to learn more. Or you can let businesses approach you with opportunities that match your preferences. And if you want to have a bit more of a human touch, then Hunted's expert talent team are on hand to support you securing your next role. You can follow Hunted on LinkedIn to ensure you never miss out on the industry's best content and objective advice, connecting you with the opportunity and helping you make the most of your recruitment career. This is the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. And um, today I'm joined by Jack Pryor, who is a senior consultant at Red Cat Digital Recruitment. And um, thanks for joining me, mate. You're welcome. How are you doing? Thanks for coming in. Yeah, I'm good. It's uh, 6.30 p.m. (laughs) in the Hunted offices, Yeah, late night podcast session. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good man. I appreciate uh, your time. So as I was saying, Jack, where I always, always like to start, how did uh, Jack Pryor get into uh, the wonderful world of recruitment? Uh, I think it's the
1: uh, it's not a really really interesting story okay. i be very honest with you I think cool. it's the same for a lot of people where you naturally you know you fall into it um, mm-hmm. for me it was a case of I left university I needed a job straight away because my mum was making me pay rent straight away and I had <laughs> no money uh, and then I stuck my CV on read and immediately you get people calling grads you know do you want to do recruitment do you want to do sales and for me it was what, initially what uh, degree did you do? English literature okay. uh, University of Kent two one i'll take it for the workload I do. <laughs> um so yeah it was a case of i need a job i wanted something quick i wanted something i can get yeah. into and recruitment and sales were the thing that was just coming through the door and to be honest i was being a bit lazy with my search um you know i always had a bit of a a creative streak about me where i was like oh okay. it'd be great to be a journalist it would be great to be a freelance writer and the aim for me initially was going to sales or recruitment do a lot of writing in my spare time and mm. then see if I can enter a career Your once I have a fair time. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know about that yet. <laughs> uh, once I had a portfolio in front of me, obviously I never d- started doing that. Yeah, I just started doing it. recruitment. Um, and what it was, was I was just getting all these calls, recruitment sales, recruitment sales. My idea, as I say, was just to be quick and easy. And then uh, it was, it was on my final interview at red cat. Actually uh, I went to go meet my mates for a beer. I'm suited booted. I'm having a good time. I'm like, guys, how weird is it that I might actually be in recruitment? Like, I hadn't really assimilated that that could be my career yet. And they were like, no, mate, it fits perfectly. Really? Yeah. And for them, they were like, you're chatty. You always want to be like active. You're a hard worker. It it works really well for you. Okay. And it wasn't until they said that, I was like, actually. oh, this could actually be a job where it's not just something I
0: do for a year and yeah. then sack it off. That's uh, interesting that obviously you thought about it that way like quite early on, which I'm assuming has been useful through the, the peaks and troughs of uh, recruitment. Do you know what I mean? So that's <laughs> quite interesting that you had that early on. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one thing my
1: director, Jamie, yeah, he used to say to me all the time, he was like, don't be scared about being a recruiter mm. because you are a recruiter. You can't hide from it. The yeah. difference is, is you're trying to be a good one you're not trying to be sharky you're yeah, not trying yeah. to be too salesy and too upfront and rude to people you're actually trying to do the job well so don't be scared about being a recruiter because there's nothing wrong with being a good recruiter yeah and i think
0: that was a switch for me as well was like working yeah. out you know it's, it's it's positive to do that yeah. well so, so does that mean then on your tinder profile you put recruitment consultant or do you put headhunter or do you put search researcher <laughs> researcher <laughs>
1: i think i was that proud about it <laughs> i think i was scared about telling people i was a recruiter really? at the start because you'd sell people like oh, i'm a recruiter they're like <laughs> especially That's when it. especially every time i went to like a, a anytime i met people in tech outside of work yeah and you say oh i'm a recruiter they're like because i have such bad experiences yeah, 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 yeah. uh so i was worried about it to start with Again, I think it's more a case of when you think, oh, I'm actually okay at doing this. I don't mind being a recruiter and telling people. Yeah. I think
0: it's only when you can be like, yeah, I'm. don't worry. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be awful. No, we'll we'll definitely dive into that. So I guess, quickly, so interesting that your mate said that, but did you have a perception of recruitment then? Or was it, did yeah, you just yeah. start? Oh, you did? Absol- absolutely. How come? And it was... All, and what was it?
1: From the, from the people that you interview with. Really? And I had so many negative experiences interviewing at lots and lots of places. How many, how many places did you interview at? Uh, you over a dozen. Really? And some of them were like full half day interviews. Well like like you, assessment centres? Yeah, assessment like, centres. Sell me this pen, sell me this person to stand the next to you that you just met in the yeah, corridor. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember there was one distinct one where we went to an assessment centre with about 30 people. They did one exercise I really liked. Which uh, was? And it was speak to the person next to you for five minutes then pitch the person for 30 seconds I actually liked that because that showed everything you need attentiveness, ability to speak in front of 30 strangers ability to be concise the rest of it was rubbish what did
0: you find out about that person Uh,
1: if he's listening Alex Caresimo (laughs) went to the University of Bath was a DJ in his spare time I don't know what you're doing now mate but I remember um No, nice. he, he was very sound, half Italian, I believe. Don't don't Decent. hate him. Um so you, it, got, you got to know him. I really got to know I like him. Like that. Firm friends by the end. I like that. But by the by the end, they start doing the. So they did the bit where, oh yeah, half of you come with us, half of you stay in oh here, wow. and then you get cut. Half of you get cut. Did you get cut? I stayed. Oh nice. And then after you stay, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna do one to one interviews. There was three people interviewing about fifteen people. I was one of the last people that they interviewed. I'd been in a room for maybe two and a half hours, no food, no water. Shut up. Literally in like a gray room in Vauxhall. And then you're like, this is awful. What? Like, it's, I wouldn't want to work for your car. And then all that came out of that, of like a successful, yeah, you've done really well, mate, was do you want to relocate to Wimbledon or can you work in Wimbledon? And I was like, I'm not really. I, I want to be in Central. And then never heard from them again. Bad that. Yeah. And then when I started bad, when I started recruitment, got a LinkedIn the cheeky woman tried to add me. And I was yeah. like, absolutely not. You're horrible. Yeah,
0: um, that, that oh, It's just a shame that I think, because again, if you think about it, firstly, recruitment hasn't got the best name and then graduates straight out of uni yeah, you who know, yeah. are generally trying to work out what they do. Then get, obviously um, have some sort of experience like that then like you could have just gone one way, like, I'm I'm not doing recruitment, like, I'm done with it. And then whatever you ended up doing or whatever grads end up doing, who then get approached by recruiters, yeah, all all of a sudden have that massive, like, horrible have memory backup, of being in that grey room in Vauxhall, treated <laughs> like a animal in the, do you know what I mean it's yeah, just yeah. like what there was,
1: just a, there was a point when I actually started going back to people I'm not interested in, grad, uh, in really? recruitment or sales anymore Like I'm not interested don't message me about it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally I, that anymore because I'd sucked it off and then suddenly I think that was actually the time that Redcat got in touch and I was mm. like oh this might be different um, and Redcat was definitely a, a complete change in what I perceived or so, what, so what was the perception before Redcat then just out of curiosity sharky yeah blunt how do they sell
0: it to you then because that must have been a big reason as to why you thought that.
1: Yeah, yeah, So in one of these half-day assessment centres, they were talking about like, oh, how are you going to deal with the grind? Like, I think they really liked me to start with, at least. Uh, and then it was more like, oh, how are you going to deal with the grind? They were like really pushing my buttons. To be how like, are you going to oh, deal with the grind? Yeah, how are you going to deal with working here till 9pm every night? And I was like, <laughs> and they were like, and I was like they, they were asking me like, oh yeah, do, do you like to do any sports? I was like, yeah, I, I, like, I like sports. I like martial arts. And they were like, how are you going to do that? I was like, it's a gym box across the road. They do jiu jitsu there, and they were like, No, you won't have the time because of this, this, and this. And what? I'm like, Do you not get a lunch break? They're like, No, barely ever. And I was like, Geez. So
0: they're trying to make you not like it. I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like they immediately wanted to test your resolve from day yeah, one. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. You're missing the point, aren't you? If you want people to work for you and you're testing resolve from day one. Yeah. And the only thing they talked about was money as well. And the thing is, money is important in recruitment. Cool. You know, no one would do it if they were only in 25 grand a year. Yeah. yeah. That is the honest truth. But they're also telling people who are, going to be jumping on like an 18 grand
0: base salary like
1: oh you could be earning 200 grand your first year it's like get real like let's yeah, be honest yeah, yeah. with each other yeah, i'm so not I, gonna I got, do that.
0: i got sold that and then i built 24k my first year <laughs> <laughs> no big bill of lunches no ib for trip yeah that's exactly zero. it zero and,
1: and they promised you all of that i remember specifically uh looking at their job advert and it was like because uh, i was still at uni when i applied and it was like ah, oh, you can get a limo to work on your first day <laughs> and then if you're the best bill on your team you get a limo to work i think about this now actually if yeah. i was getting driven to like central london from croydon in a limo tell yeah. me an hour and 45 minutes yeah. like i would be like guys honestly i'll get the train yeah um but <laughs> they were selling me the whole drink like uh, yeah. the internal recruiter she was like oh I only in my first year i only earned 55 grand uh, which is like lower than everyone else on on my on the yeah. graduate team. So, you know, projected earnings of 60 to 80K in your first year. Yeah. Who does that? Like, mm. there will be a few people out there. Definitely. There's going to be a few people saying, I must be trash at
0: recruitment if I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah, but, But I think there'll be a lot of people that don't do that. I agree, I definitely was one of them. I think the the majority of people don't even touch. No, mate, I absolutely love that story. I haven't haven't had a story like that for a while because I think one of the the big intentions behind this podcast is actually, was part of that because one of my friends said, look, Hisham, I think you'd be good at recruitment, try it. Okay, I looked into it, and yeah, that what he told me was hundred grand first year, da, 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 all that. Yeah. Obviously, once I got into recruitment, and I never got told about being rejected every single day and all these things. Um, but one of the intentions behind this was actually to share an actual real perspective of recruitment. Yeah. So I'm glad that um, you shared that because I haven't had a story like that for a while, and it's quite fun to enjoy that. But that that's a big reason as to why sort of one of the big reasons why. I look to start this as well, just to actually allow people to actually have a real insight into what can actually be a brilliant, brilliant career and has every o- opportunity to to actually change your life, which I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into, yeah. but um, thanks for sharing that, mate. Hey, you welcome. must have been a journey. So I guess then obviously you got to Red Cat Digital, right? Yeah. So I'd be interested just for a contrast, like what did they then dive into that then resonated with uh, with Jack, the the graduate that was like, nah, recruitment's not for me. What <laughs> what What sort of changed?
1: I th- I'm gonna sound like a sales pitch right now. Go on. So we, we have three major values. Okay. And that's honesty, integrity, and transparency, and I think that genuinely pervades the culture from day one. As soon as you walk through the door, there's none of this. Uh, there's none of this nonsense where you they try and make you feel like you. I think a lot of the big companies are always like, oh, you ha- you've had to earn to be here to yeah. even interview with us. Like, we're so much better than you. Like, we earn loads of money. There's none of that. They're just nice people. They're normal people. They're you and I. Mm. And I think I didn't see any people like you and I in any of these big companies yeah. I was interviewing for. They were all, you know, thought they were big shots. They're not mm. really. They just drive Audi TT, you know. <laughs> um, but from day one, it was like just, chatting with a mate about like you know can you do this job why do you want to do this job are you actually going to work hard yeah i'm going to work hard and being very honest like you know some days you will have to stay late and you'll have to put in the hard graph but it depends about how much you want it um and my my manager uh it, so it was part of my interview process i had to do uh, a presentation about why red cat and why recruitment for me so i, oh, wow. I did that in front of my man, my current manager now uh, my current director jamie now and the the, the woman who heads up our diversity and inclusivity and also our learning development desk, Sarah. So I did it in front of Bryony, Jamie, Sarah, who all still work with now. Um, Bryony asked a really cutting question. She was like, I can see all through your presentation, you know, it's good, but I can't see anything that says you care about making money and I think you need that to be a driver. I sort of had to tell her that my choices were, do I I try going into sports for a living, uh, which is jujitsu for me, or do I try going into something where I can have a house, and I said, if you give up the thing you love to try a career, to even give it a shot, you know I'm going to work hard. Mm. And that was the sort of uh, sort of discussions we were having. People do well if they really care about working hard, if they care about earning money uh, to to live a proper life for them. And I think Red Cat has more of that culture than being sort of flash and in mm. your face and all. You know, we go into our beef on incentives and flying in a white jet and, yeah. you know... I'm not going to name the company that broke down earlier this year, but we we'll think we all saw the report <laughs> yeah, that yeah, did not definitely. go down very well. Definitely. You know, we're the opposite to that. We're just yeah, real yeah. people that are all working together. So it so the, the, the people dog. that really connected with you then? Yeah, 100%. First day you walk in through the door. you know. How many I, people are in uh, Red Cat? I'm looking at Simran, who's our internal recruiter over there, and she's going <laughs>
0: to sh- mouth at me how many people. <laughs> how many people? 29, okay. 29 right now which i knew off the top of my head uh. okay cool yeah yeah okay so yeah a nice size where for me like i've had my own experience but um i, I always ask um people this but from my own experience i would personally rather have a uh, work for a business who i where i did have access to the owner of the business and these things like for me especially in the sales capacity especially in recruitment there's pros and cons obviously to both but i think for me obviously recruitment can be um a job which is, is really unforgiving yeah and to actually have direct access to, to the business owner to the person that's paying your wages and all these things is um it's quite i found really motivated really motivating and i think that's a really unique thing to have access to and actually really valuable early on yeah um so yeah that, that makes sense i think for me as well i think we say this to people when we
1: interview them as well and i mean it genuinely uh tony who's my md we want to work for tony He's yeah. a really, really good guy. He's built a business from the ground up from, you know, a tiny little a tiny little bedroom with his mm. mates to actually building out a business of twenty nine people. He cares about the business. It's his baby. And we care about making sure we do well for him. You know, we want to do well for ourselves, but we also yeah. want to do well for our team. Yeah. And when if we have a bad month at Red Cat and you know one team has done exceptionally well you know we all still take it on the chin for everyone because it's like we are a team the yeah, whole company the whole company is a team it's not just my desk and I'm hiding cvs in my drawer you know i want to make sure everyone else can succeed whether it's junior senior manager level we're all there to help each other and i think you don't get any of that sort of snarky behavior you would at a
0: bigger yeah. firm yeah no, no of the mate, that's that's uh, that's you that's special mate that's that's class so i guess so so basically Jack, just to frame it up for everyone listening, so so you're you've only had one recruitment job and that's been with Red Cat. Yeah. And you've been there coming up to three years, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So and you've um you're saying earlier so you've always done it's always been no perm recruitment now, but you yeah. did a bit of dual desking during that time or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then the final thing then, what market do you operate in? I do software engineering. So software engineering. general tech. Okay, general tech, yeah. Loads of tech recruiters out there in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So firstly, let let let's break down this journey that you, you've been on then. Um how were your first twelve months in recruitment? Um I thought I was really bad when I started.
1: Okay. Um I think there was definitely like I remember my, my manager Brian, Bryony mentioned her again she said of, a while ago she was like you know we weren't 100% sure if you're going to start billing yet <laughs> we were like so you, are, you you have all the right tools in your locker but when are you actually going to start putting it together and it took me about three months to do my first deal yeah. which isn't awful but it is longer than most people do I think it took me about three four
0: months when there's a warm desk mate, I had someone on James Dean the other day 12 months mate <laughs> 12 sorry James 12 months <laughs> So so yeah, idea, three months it? isn't too bad, mate. No, I'll take it. So, was you was you how? Give me a bit of context. So, was you straight sourcing jobs? Was you bidding? What what was what was the setup? So we started we started sort of
1: one desk, my director uh, with me and three other graduates. Um, we spent the first couple of weeks doing pure training. So, I think we didn't get on the phone until the end of our second week, and it was all about learning database, learning about how to find what a good C V looks like, yeah, all of that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And then it was actually trying to get on the phone. I was so nervous about getting on the phone. yeah It's horrible I mean you can probably tell already I'm too chatty. Yeah. But I hated it on the phone. I was scared. And I, I'm also a bit of a perfectionist. Like I hate the idea of picking up a phone and trying to talk to someone who's worked in tech for 10 years and then try and talk to them about a job that I know nothing about and just go through a tick box. And yeah. yeah I wouldn't yeah. I've never wanted to be that recruiter ever. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it for my own sake. Um, I would have. I just would have hated it, and I hated it from day one when I was like, I mean, I, my colleagues will laugh at me. I'm still scared of the phone. Mm. Like I still barely. What do you mean by scared of the phone? Though, as in I'm like, as I barely pick it up. I, really. I, I don't do. I, I'll ne- on Oh, you'll never see me call for a list of people. Really? No, because I don't think that's effective recruitment in my, at least in my area. Mm. You know my mates are software engineers They don't pick up the phone when I ring them let alone people that you know and I'm their best mates they're not going to see it when a stranger's number especially if I've called them in the past or emailed them and it says maybe Red Cat Digital they're going to be like absolutely don't have the absolutely time for not. this you know yeah, yeah, yeah. they work with their headphones in all day they're not going to take it out to take a call from no, a recruiter. Really interesting. you know i'd I barely pick up the phone yeah uh, and, and also i barely use job boards because job boards aren't populated by good engineers most of the time because it's such a competitive market you'd rarely need to have a cv on a job board mm. so i never go through those sort of sprinting sessions on the phone but you must have to do that earlier but i had to do that at the start to even get used to what how I was did doing. you overcome that then I think it was sort of a natural progression of my own understanding of how to talk to a candidate about okay. uh, and I think that came with learning more about the the industry. So how did you learn about the industry? It was my second week and my director said you're going home for the weekend I want you to do one thing by back on Monday That's do a short presentation just for me and the three other grads on the table about your industry and we all had to do it and honestly all I had to do was that and I started setting the wheels turning about actually understanding mm. so you know I can still remember the exact website it was front-end handbook uh, via GitHub and that was the exact website that I've still got pinned on my bookmark now. If I ever need a refresher
0: about what yeah, I'm understanding, smart. I can go back to it and look at it. Because that, that, that was going to be my question, actually. Like, How did you how did you go about cause look, tech, it? Because, the, look, the tech market is clearly obviously a booming market. There's yeah. loads of tech recruiters out there. It's extremely saturated, et cetera, et cetera. So... Might be people listening that are early on in their tech recruitment, career and these things. So, I guess, so you're what you, you just obviously shared what you went to there in terms of what you learned. Yeah. But what, so what, what did you then go to then? You just went straight into the, um, trying to understand more about the actual um, job itself as a whole, or did you try and le- understand a bit more about the industry as a whole? Or what was the, what would be your advice basically to someone to try and upskill themselves in terms of knowledge? We had this exact same question
1: uh, a Red Cat a few years ago uh where someone had joined recently onto our team yeah and one chap on our team was a very very experienced recruiter who i think he'd admit that he wasn't you know obsessed with domain knowledge but he really cared about process okay versus me who's the complete opposite where i I, I care about tech and understanding it but i'm probably not as stringent on process as maybe i should be and uh this girl on our team she said you know i've got two recruiters here who I, i haven't been learning from yet can you give me a bit of advice and i said look for me First thing, learn your industry and yeah. out because it saves you all the time. When something goes bad or you're on a BD call, or you're talking to a candidate and you're getting tripped up, that domain knowledge will save you. Mm. She went, oh, that's really, really helpful. And then the other chap, he said, you don't need any domain knowledge. You just, know, <laughs> you just need to know recruitment and it will save you over and over again. Yeah. So for me, it's whatever you think your approach is going to be best. If you do think you're naturally quite a salesy person, which I don't think I am, then process is great because it helps drive your natural energy and salesiness mm. into doing the right things and you eventually pick the right things up i think if you are like me who thinks they're probably quite creative and mm. you know interesting well, you did well, the english well, lit mate yeah i'm, I'm basically like i said a poet <laughs> um if you if you are an english literature grad then i think learning your domain knowledge is really important okay. and, and to be honest i would vouch it for anyone because I think there's, as you say, a million tech recruiters out there. Yeah. It's such a saturated market. If you don't know what you're talking about, how are you going to talk credibly to a candidate or a hiring manager yeah. when they ask you the genuine tough questions about is this right on the spec? And you say, oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah like you yeah. just look like an idiot, but right. it's, it's what sets no, you apart No, I like well. that, mate.
0: So just, qu- just to run that off, yeah. think of the people listening. How do they go about starting to getting that domain knowledge? Because I think that is more, if I think of the, the conversations I have with business owners they want their recruiters to be seen as the go-to person in their market. Yeah. A big part of that is having the domain knowledge, right? So I guess um obviously you did that presentation, so it seemed like that was really useful. Yeah. But if you were to go back or whatever or give yourself advice, what would be, what would you do to upskill yourself to to start understanding or get more of that domain knowledge in the in the tech space? So
1: I don't think there's an easy short answer. And I okay. think that's the difficulty every business owner will have to face. Mm. And I think we have tried to do that before, or at least I have tried to do that before. of have tried to do quick, easy wins. Um, but for me personally, uh, I not only did you know, a short presentation when I started, you then have to do the very obvious thing, which is actually speak to candidates and not yeah. just ask because your director has asked you to ask, but actually take in the answer and write it down and see if you can understand why. Secondly, for me, it, uh, thirdly, even, I do talks for. Do you know who the General Assembly are? No. So, General Assembly are a, they're quite a well known boot camp for people moving into web developer, UX, or product roles. Okay. I do talks, uh, panel talks, or, and presentations to web developer graduates there. Wow. I do talks to graduates from university at Skills Matter about how to break into the industry. I write my own content. I follow people on GitHub, which is a place where people yeah, yeah, store yeah, their code. That, yeah. I, uh, I, f- I have two Twitters. I have a Twitter which is full of all the use- useless nonsense that most people have, and my mates. And then I have a tech Twitter that has all the latest news. Yeah. Lots of people, uh, lots of candidates who work at the companies I recruit for. Mm. Lots of candidates that I might want to headhunt. But I'm, you know, it's actually imbibing yourself in the culture yeah. rather than just being, oh, I read a website and I understand because that's not you don't yeah. understand anything Mate, by doing it class. once. Do
0: you? So okay just to help me then so then that everything that you just said there yeah love that what and what, has that been an ongoing process over the, the three years in terms of what you're just sharing there so you doing talks and all these things when did you start doing talks for example was that like i'm that i can't <coughs> imagine that like quite early on in your career
1: so i went i basically it was about six months into the job yeah. and we started working with the general assembly for this kind of stuff and they asked if they could have someone sit on the tech panel and i got asked to do it and i was too nervous i was like i don't think i can do it i'm a bit nervous because
0: i've only been doing it six months and you didn't back yourself you thought i "I didn't back no 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 yeah because that's what i'm thinking a lot of people listen go great get that but there's no way i'm going to speak in front of these tech people i look like an absolute numpty so
1: so so the tech in fairness the tech thing was more about how do you break into the industry so it's more it was more recruitment than tech okay um but my director did it instead and i sat and i watched And afterwards i went this is just all recruitment Like I can you, do that you think about how much you recruit like you know the, the 10,000 hour theory right yeah where you do something 10,000 hours you're going to be an expert at it mm-hmm. and you think about it how often are you sat in, like you from the start you might be doing a 12 hour day maybe less but let's rough it a 50 hour week mm. you know you've already done 100 weeks when uh, 100 hours by the time you've been there a month mm. you know you'd be there 10 months you've done it a thousand hours you're one tenth of the way to being an yeah, expert no, really smart way to look at that yeah and you think about how much time you actually put into it you will not if you try and do your best at your job there is no way you won't be credible to speak about it in six months to a year Yeah, you might not be perfect
0: but you'll have something there that you can yeah, answer yeah. questions no, I really like that okay yeah. so um, but yeah just to help me then because I'd really like to go into that because I think that's really valuable in terms yeah. of I've actually had over the last couple of episodes actually where people have ran events or been involved in doing the things you're yeah. talking about and a lot of it has actually been in the tech market or the other goes tech sales so I think that's really valuable. So I guess while 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 we're on it, then like what what was the if you continue that, what was the process of you getting to the point of actually no, nah, don't like no, that's a bit too much for me. I'm not going to do it. To go in there, seeing what your boss did, and for actually no, nah, I reckon I could talk about that maybe. To then now fully blown, I'm sure you do it quite often, do you? Like or quarterly, or I don't as, know as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you so like what was that whole process? I think it was. I think it was honestly just seeing it firsthand
1: uh and you you go in initially being asked to do it and you think oh what horrible questions are they going to ask me yeah. you think they're going to come up with something so overcomplicated that you've never heard before um but how often do we say the recruitment's simple you know it's it's the it's the most simple thing in the world in so many ways yeah. that these people are just asking you know how could you help them get a job and if you've been doing the job 6 months and you can't mm. answer that then there's something really, yeah, really yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And enough. it was more about, yeah, just seeing it firsthand and seeing, you know, what kind of questions do these people actually ask? And suddenly you go, I actually know these answers because I do it all day, every day for mm-hmm. the last six months of my life. Mm-hmm. Um And then eventually, yeah, as I say, it becomes a confidence thing of, you know, backing yourself to an extent. Yeah. And being like, I can help people. But you have to... You have to own it. You can't just do it because your director tells you help you make build more money, which I think is the big problem for most people. Is they're told, go get yourself a Twitter, and I think you're going to die when you hear. And all they do is post job ads on it, yeah, yeah, and not actually tweet or interact with anyone. Yeah, and you know that's the big difference, right? You can't just
0: do it for the sake of
1: doing it because you it won't just work like that. You have to be genuine.
0: No, honestly, mate, I think I think I absolutely love the way that you've approached that. And again, I know we were laughing and joking before we went on, but I think generally thinking of sort of the age group that you're in, you're slightly younger than me and these things, like I generally think, I'd like to think that there's going to be more and more recruiters actually do generally trying to embed yeah. themselves in the industry that are recruiting specifically tech. And I think, um, I think the fact, I think to round that off, I think that, for any recruiters listening, if you if listen to Jack there, obviously you built more and more confidence in what you do. You're not shy to say, actually, I am a recruiter. But ultimately, the people that you serve in your market, you need to really believe that you, you can serve them. Yeah. And I think, obviously, recruiters are in such a, a great position to give tons and heaps of value to software engineers or to people because you will be very well informed of the best projects out there, the best companies out there, the companies that are enabling um, software engineers to upskill themselves or wherever it may be. But ultimately, that's, that's what you've got better at, right? Being confident that actually I'm very well informed to let every single, know, every single person know in this room that, yeah, if, you, if they do need help at some point, I can help them, but this is the value I bring. I'm not here because I can write code and I'm better than you at that. It's yeah. actually look i'm i'm i am here and i can add value and actually back yourself to do that i think so the, i love that
1: the first thing i say well not the first thing i normally say hello in a bd, <laughs> in a BD call one of the things i always say to someone is you know i'm not a tech specialist i'm not a front-end specialist i can't write code but you're not hiring me for that what i back myself in is being an expert a genuine expert in the front-end market i can tell you what's going on who's moving where why people are going <laughs> what's the ups, what's the downs, and if you want, and that's the value you get from me, I'm not a CV factory, and also in tech, if you expect someone to be a CV factory, you're going to be sorely disappointed, because there's not enough candidates out there, so you have to add value in the right ways, and it's about saying, look, these amount of people I've reached out to, this is why people are interested, this is why people aren't interested, this is where all your people that you want to hire, this is where they're actually going, Mm.
0: this is the 20 grand more they're paying than you are, which is always the case. (laughs) I think that's wicked mate, so, the question that everyone's probably thinking right now mate yeah it's a perm how does huh it's a perm yeah <laughs> well i what i'm thinking everyone's listening is going yeah sounds great how does that make me more money <laughs> jack how does it make you more money
1: i don't do any bd okay everything is by referral interesting because whether that's people that i and that's
0: been just let's just be honest, it that's been over time right yeah 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 Yeah. from oh, the, oh, oh, what period would you say Last Where you really started seeing the traction of everything that you've listed there. Two years. Last two years, two years yeah. maybe. Last two years, you've had, what, a solid, consistent amount of referrals of what? We're talking jobs, we're talking candidates, both.
1: I can tell you, actually, it was June. So I started in the September before, and it was June. So it had been 10 months was when I started getting referrals for jobs, multiple referrals for jobs in the same month. Really? Yeah. And that was through, uh, I had a Slack community as well. Whoa! I'm really rubbish at it now, so let's not pretend That's it's fine. a it's not a sell. I did really
0: badly with it. I sort of let it die. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I, I I had one that died. I did so know it's
1: called Recruiter Revolution. Mine was, <laughs> mine was called Decoding Your Future.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have got like forty people in there, and then I was like, "Fuck! I'm gonna have to put message like in this group consistently for this to be for it to work and live and breathe." Yeah. So yeah, it's something that actually, if you're thinking of doing that. Don't underestimate that you are gonna have you're gonna have to generate the conversation. Yeah, in that early on, otherwise it's gonna die.
1: Mine was like mine was okay. I had like two hundred people in it, which I thought was decent. But yeah, at that stage of my career, I still was someone who had to resource eighty percent their time to mm-hmm. get any success. So I couldn't then strip ten percent of that way to be like saying to my directors, my MD, and my manager, "Don't worry, I'm just." messaging my mates on slack yeah yeah. and they'll be like how does this translate to money i'm like because i'm nice (laughs) Uh, you're right how does it make you money
0: um but yeah so you were saying you get a solid amount of referrals yeah so 10 months in
1: yeah because there are so many people out there that don't even bother to try and do the right things that as long as you show and are genuine about it and you're not just doing it because you've been told to then good things will come of it and that's mm. and that's the thing. You have to be someone who genuinely cares and is genuinely trying and isn't just doing it in a cheesy, smarmy way to try and pick up leads. You know, I never spoke about jobs in that group. Uh, mm. I never, t- uh, pe- but people started being open and being like, oh yeah, I actually interviewed here recently and I never went and picked up on it and was like, oh, I got a lead from so-and-so. You know, you, you have to be legit, right? Mm. You know, it's like if a client gives you information about, you know, people they recently interviewed uh, to be like, this is the kind of standard we're looking for. You can't then go to those candidates and be like, oh, I know you recently interviewed, I've got a similar job because you lose trust with the candidate, Credit trust with it, the yeah. client, you lose all credibility. You know, you're not, if you're only, I'm going to say again, if you're only in this job to chase money, you're doing it the wrong way. You have to care about the people and you have to care about what you do. Yeah. Money is your motivator, but you also have to have another reason to get up in the morning yeah, because sure. if the money's not running, you won't come into work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, in
0: terms of the way it works is, you know... So what you, do these people say then? So like, for you to categorically go, that's happened because of this. Or, or people are calling you or message you going, Jack, And this this company's recruiting, and they've said, oh, oh, they're reaching out to you and going, Jack, I saw you at the assembly or whatever. Do you get what I mean? What how yeah, yeah, yeah. how What are they saying saying to you to go, wow, okay, this is working or whatever? So there's been times when I've been
1: maybe too harsh and salesy with it. Like there was someone I met at the general assembly, and I was like, oh, are you free to grab a coffee off? And then I was like, oh, how are you getting on with hiring? Which I think was maybe a bit too salesy. Okay. You know, other people would absolutely disagree. Yeah. But you know, you can't, I, I invited them there to help fill a spot. Yeah. They said, oh, if you know anyone to jump in, I said, oh, I'll invite this person. Uh, And afterwards I spoke to them, but maybe I should have left it. Like, mm. you know, there are other jobs out there. You don't have to. What did they take it the wrong way? No, no, they gave, they helped, they they gave me a job, oh, but right. then they never came back to me after that because mm. I, th- I, don't,
0: I think I was too soon with the. Well, you think, yeah, they in their shoes, I'm like, oh, Jack just invited me to get me in the corner, and yeah, go, yeah, they yeah, hired yeah. Me. and they hadn't. I'd done it actually
1: to help the general assembly, yeah, but in the end, I had ended up doing something that sort of went against my general creed because I was like, oh, I should do it, yeah. rather than I Felt want pressure. to do it, yeah, and I think there's also. Uh, there have been times, like the Slack group, for example, people were messaging me directly via Slack, being like, can you help us out? Mm. Or someone that I'd never spoken to before. I basically got people on my Slack by sending a spam through the database to everyone, mm. being like, hey, sorry, this is a spam. Join this group if you want. I'm not posting jobs. It's just a genuine community. Because um, the aim for it, the angle was sort of putting mentors with juniors yeah, mate, no filling brainer. that gap. No um, and then people I'd never spoken to before that just happened to be on our system they're messaging me on LinkedIn, being like, Oh, can you help me with roles? Like that that was a direct impact. Yeah, yeah, And I think the more you do that kind of stuff, the more people realise that you are genuine and you're not just Yeah.
0: But you have to keep doing it. You yeah. can't just stop. No, it doesn't it doesn't yeah, it's well it's like building a recruitment desk, isn't it? Yeah. It's not it's continuous, it's consistency, it's resilience, it's and I guess ju- just to round that off then and then we'll sort of track back. But mate, I think that I think that's class. I love the the way that you um approach that. And I think um just to round that off, I think then how like because I'm thinking again people listening if I like you said if I'm if I'm listening right now and I'm going to say to my manager tomorrow like I listen to this podcast I'm going to start a slack channel or whatever there is that internal selling that you've got to do to say well no actually this is worth money or whatever so I've got my own opinion on how you can sort of make sure that every single person in that office knows or on your team knows Mm -hmm. that you got a big win or whatever like what what did you do to sell internally to sort of make sure that people perceive what you are doing is fruitful and it is um generating billing do you know what i mean yeah
1: i don't think anyone thinks i do any work (laughs) i think that's what it comes to
0: when i do a deal they're like how really when i
1: pick up a client they're like how really
0: yeah that's a do not so for me my advice would be because i speak this is one this is my whole thing right personal branding right so and that's pretty much what what you're doing through different strategic and smart ways but for me my advice is always if you're a recruiter right now and you're like right okay so i'm going to continue doing what i need to do phone wise meetings building real relationships yeah but i'm now going to spend i don't know half an hour an hour a day to build a slack channel to uh, create content or whatever if you get a win off that everyone needs to know about it in my opinion that's oh, how i go about it do you no, know what i mean
1: no that's the thing i'm far too egotistical to not let people know about really? it yeah so they will find out but like on a day-to-day they don't see it happening is what i mean really that's fair they'll be like oh what's he been doing all day he's not picked up the phone yeah, once yeah, but yeah. i've actually been writing content and then i'll release the content and a client will come to me and say hey just saw your post about this can you help us with yeah, this role fair enough and then i go
0: haha everyone you thought i wasn't doing any work yeah, yeah. no that no i appreciate that i think what all i'd say is if if you're listening right now and you probably could, you may not be able to get away with that because some people yeah, may not yeah, be able yeah, to yeah. get away with that i'm saying if someone if you did a linkedin post and you've got a client come to you and you register jobs or just even a small win that's what i used to do in the office i was in an office of eight people and i was the weirdo in the office creating content and i only managed to push away one other person to do it with me yeah like if i made a bd call and i go oh, and they go hishama i saw your video or i go to a networking event and someone come up to me I am making every single person know, because I mean, look, we're we're competitive, right? So fucking (laughs) out, (laughs) Jack's getting all this stuff, and he's doing no work. Do you know what I mean? So that would be my advice for people listening is if you do want to, if you're listening to chat going, wow, okay, that is interesting. Maybe I should try stuff, blah, blah, blah. If you can get, if you do have a an, um, a relationship where you, you can have that communication when I am doing it well, I'm just doing it slightly differently, blah, blah, blah. But if you do need to do a bit of selling internally, then make sure everyone celebrate your wins basically is what I'm trying to say in short.
1: I think the other thing as well, there's two, there's two things here is one is that my director and I have got completely different ideas about, how or at least when i started about how to do recruitment yeah and the different and he would say you know do it the classic way which is fine it works but for me i didn't get it it didn't work for me yeah and he was less keen to listen to me when i hadn't got any experience or any wins out of it but eventually over time you know he's fine with it because he knows (coughs) that it brings success eventually yeah but i think it was also there had to be the build-up and then he was like oh he actually does pick up clients off doing this oh he actually does get wins out of this but for me my actual advice would be you know i didn't do it all during working hours this is like the added extras that get really? you far you know if you, i don't think anyone will get away with between 8:30 and 6 being on slack just sitting there writing uh, blogs people will be like what are you doing no. like some, like especially if you're not like well over target or whatever which most people with the early stages of their career won't be yeah you know you that's when you do give your extra mile and you stay an hour late and you write a
0: blog and then you post it, see yeah, the likes yeah. and the views. Yeah, I mean, as I was saying to you before we went on here, like it's it's got to be both for me. I know it seems yeah. like you've got, you've got your own little lane and it's working, but for me, it's got to be, it's got to be combining both. And mm. and the the aim and the intention is the blog, the Slack, da da da, is going to enable. The when you do reach out to that person, when you do ask that person for a coffee, hopefully the stuff that you have been doing does breed trust and credibility that yeah, absolutely. enables you to um, hopefully have more fruitful conversations. Before Tom down the road is a tech recruiter who's um, calling someone for the first time, saying, "Do you want a coffee, mate?" And I'm a recruiter, blah blah blah, as opposed to Jack, who's um, at the assembly. Do you get what I mean? That, yeah. That's the, the whole game.
1: I think I meant more when you start doing it, you have to fight that battle internally. Yeah. You know, if you are doing it out of hours and it's getting success and then they can't fight back, if you do, then go do it in in your normal hours and be like, this was more successful for me than sitting there on the phone hitting gatekeepers for an hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'll get that. Cool, mate. I I enjoyed that. Went off on a little tangent, mate. that. (laughs) That was good. So I guess, so first year in recruitment, you thought that you wasn't that great. No. Right? Um, I guess it sort of makes sense that I guess if people around you are uh, d- typically yeah just using the traditional methods and these things. So I guess first, how did you do in your first year then? Did you build more than twenty four k?
1: Yeah.
0: How much did you build, mate?
1: I I told you I wrote it down here somewhere. Right talk to me. What is it? Fifty
0: six. Fifty six. Okay, cool. And then um, did you, so then when did you so six months in you were getting uh sorry ten months in you get more referrals but just to give me a bit of context then did you when was the dual desk? When did you do a bit of that?
1: I dual desked up until uh, maybe a year ago.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. And then what, but have you always
1: done predominantly perm or is it a bit of... It's predominantly perm. So uh, I suppose just to give an idea of where Red Cat's at is we've had more official contract desks in the past. Yeah. Past, but when i joined we didn't really have one it was mostly people dual desking yeah. around a year ago we started building our contract division yeah, yeah, properly fairs. again so it was around a year ago that i started passing my contract roles over to that desk yeah um and but beforehand we didn't have enough people headhunting and going after those roles specifically yeah so it was more sense. like so they oh, needed a dedicated resource to it yeah, they shared it was, the resource a lot it was across. more like oh yeah one day of my time because you've got one requirement coming in every now and then yeah okay. so that was
0: fine fairs what, so what went on in those first twelve months, mate? Besides you sort of not backing yourself, and it seemed like that was obviously you were building that confidence. But what what uh, what went on? Looking back, like what did you learn? What, what went on in those on those first twelve months? Were they pretty grim? They
1: were they were they were. So people always say that recruit your first twelve months in recruitment are the hardest thing you ever do. Yeah. And I really disagree. Okay. Why? Um, because there are so many harder things in life than your your day to day job, and if it is that hard, then quit right? Okay. Like it's important to enjoy your job, but yeah. like there are so many more important things in life. Um, and for me, yeah, it was tough, but I also enjoyed it. Okay. So it wasn't that tough cause I enjoyed getting up and facing the challenge. Um, I don't think it was as hard as I was expecting it to be. I don't think there was as many late nights as I expected there to be. Mm. I think you overcome an initial hump, and once you overcome that hump, and things start clicking, but I think it's like anything. You know, every six months you're like, huh, what did I know that many months yeah, ago? Yeah. Things have really clicked now. And then another six months you go, what did I know then? Things yeah. are really, and it happens over and over. Every six months you think something new's clicked, and it's just because you're still learning, and I'm still learning
0: now. Obviously, I'm not been yeah, doing it that long. Yeah, so of, course, of course. Yeah, but what you're talking about there is mindset. Yeah. Perspective. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? I had a sporting background, as I mentioned earlier, so that was quite helpful. Um, Because you are right. Because I agree. It's like, I think that's some really sound advice, right? Obviously, you're six months in, 12 months in, year and a half in, or whatever... And you're having a, a, a dreadful three months in a row, or whatever. It's very quick. To, it's very q- quick to forget wh- where you where you was. Do you get mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, I think that that's really good advice, and and it, and people gave that advice before. But I guess, yeah. Did that? Did you naturally cultivate that perspective? Did that just? Uh, was it just through your life experiences and background, or? Uh, I can't say without saying like cheesy. Go on, give, give re- me the, I, ch- I, give me the I, cheese, man. I just
1: don't believe in quitting. Right? Really, if Fairs. if there's a wall, you've got to try it, right? And <laughs> I think. You don't believe in quitting. I just don't know because what's the point? Mm. I think I think there's been too many times in my life when I've chosen to quit. University's a great example. I was so lazy. Yeah. One of my good mates we, we say it all the time it's so funny how I went from being the laziest fucker at uni. Yeah. I did nothing. Like I had so few contact hours compared to everyone else that I would, they would just come home and sit on so sofa eating Doritos. <laughs> they'd, come ba- they'd come back eight hours later after a whole day at uni and I'd be in the same place with just a new bag. Um, Jesus Christ whereas now I've got like a really strong work ethic and I think Mm. that had to that had to be bedded into me a little bit Um, and I think but I think eventually you do have to realise that you know you're working for yourself to an extent I think once you get over the oh I'm being told what to do and I'm being told why i'm doing it once you get over that you're just billing money to so you can stay in a job rather Mm. than i'm billing money to make myself money Mm. i think that's a bit of a switch in your mindset as well and that's a good thing to that's a good thing because then you say why am i doing this task It's really really hard and you go well i'm doing it all for me i'm doing it so that i can benefit and so
0: i can grow and so i can be better as a person yeah Yeah. So, so what you're saying there you yeah you made it bigger than um oh this is my target and okay yeah the target's 100 120k or whatever but you're saying well actually when you really think about that yeah i'm doing this really challenging thing which i'm finding really difficult because it's going to enable me to buy a house or yeah absolutely you anchored it to that i think targets are
1: superficial to an extent because some businesses do just make them up don't they They just make them up, flash for pan um red cat we are quite structured with how we do it but also for me i'm not i'm never aiming for target i'm aiming for 40 grand above target because yeah. i'm not ever settling for just what's fine and i think mm. again university another good example i was just settling for 2-1 i was happy with it i knew i was going to get it leave it fine um but i've uh, in it i don't ever want to settle for just you know what's acceptable i mean i know most agencies <laughs> actually being above 80 percent or similar mm. you know that's still pretty decent for lots of people no I don't see it that way 100% is my base limit I don't ever want to be below that if I'm below that I'm failing and if you're there then you're not so you have quite high standards for yourself yeah absolutely and I think if you don't have high standards you don't progress yeah I agree I agree
0: so um, before we move on then what would you, you if you were to go back first year in recruitment Jack Pryor would you do anything differently
1: talk back less ooh yeah I talk back so much and I still do it now I, I, was, I was about to say, what you're saying there is you ask a question then you answer the question. No, as in someone gives me advice, I'm like, no. Oh, <laughs> no, sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay. So as in like, I, I give back chat, I give attitude. Really? Which is sometimes... Well, I, obviously, mate, you got you got a fucking two-one English limit. <laughs> I got I got a silver tongue. <laughs> uh, sometimes, sometimes I think it was re- sometimes I think it was necessary from my perspective, as in you know I think this works for me, let it work for me. And sometimes those things did work, but ninety percent of the time I should have just listened and tried mm. it. And they were from from more experienced people around, from you much more experienced people. And I thought I knew better, and I absolutely did not, because I'm I wasn't a salesman, I wasn't a good recruiter yet. So what? Who was I to talk it?
0: Yeah. But I thought I could. That's good advice, mate. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, listen to the people that are billing four or five hundred grand a year, not mm. me who's done six. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mate, that, no, I think that's um, one of the uh, one of the um, episodes I asked um, an agency owner the, the two characteristics that he looks for in um, mm. a new hire. And he said the two characteristics that he always looks for is humility and having a growth mindset. Yeah. I thought that was wicked. But that's what you're talking about there. Is if you had a bit more humility early on, there would have been less back chat and less energy on. Well, actually, now I know what I'm doing. You just need to do one, yeah. and more of. Well, actually, let's t- let's actually try that, and that might have enabled you to fail a bit more quicker or try the new thing, which would have got you to where you wanted to get to a bit quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. How did, how did you cultivate that? How did that? How where did where did that come from? That for you to listen more. Then when I started doing things my way, and sometimes it didn't work, or sometimes, yeah. or
1: when it was more like. You're doing it, or you're in trouble, and I do it, and it worked, and yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, I made it work." Yeah, <laughs> Rather yeah, than yeah. just listening, you know, it's weird because in internally I think I'm quite humble because I have high standards for myself. I'm never, mm. I'm never happy with where I'm at. Whereas externally, I'm like super egotistical and arrogant, and whatever. And all mm. my friends are like, "Yeah, you've got such a big head," mm. but that's because I think it's like an element of I need to talk myself up externally because yeah. otherwise i'm like oh, i'm not doing well enough yeah so for me like i say you know 100 percent is never okay i have to be high i've got those high standards yeah which is the growth mentality i suppose and internal internally and like on a one-to-one basis i feel like i can be quite humble and accepting where i'm at mm. but externally I, i'm just such a loud mouth that it makes it really? look awful yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is my
0: bad but everyone, everyone's got their which is useful when you're in a recruitment office <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'll take it cool mate so year two talk to me a bit about that then so obviously yeah by this point you're getting a few more referrals so I guess by this point are you slowly but surely building your desk you're getting you're winning more cl- so by this point you're building the Jack Pryor recruitment business right I'm assuming yeah yeah, yeah um
1: year two is year two is good because I think that was the first time that I was like um I feel like I'm flying a bit like, really yeah I'm like putting away you know what I thought were big numbers at least mm.
0: um so you really start to build some confidence
1: yeah and i, I mean i had the help of a uh, of a contract book as well okay which i which i don't have now because obviously uh the the contract that's yeah. moved over
0: yeah but obviously that's not just i'm assuming that just didn't land on your lap no no i had to make
1: the placements um exactly so yeah yeah absolutely but i think there's like an element of in my head i was like i'm still a perm recruiter so I wasn't doing enough perm to justify, if that makes sense. I was okay. like, I still want to do more perm. Um, whereas yeah. where I'm at now is like, I've done, I'm, I'm making up, I'm still doing more numbers, but without the contract. Yeah, okay. So I've actually grown quite a lot in terms of that
0: perm space. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, that, last that makes year. sense. Okay, fair enough. So I guess before we talk about the growth there then, just quickly out of complete curiosity, think, thinking of people listening, don't know how many people listen, do dual desk don't know how common that is in today, today's yeah. recruitment world. I, I don't think I hear it too much, but definitely still hear it. Like, what's your advice there then? Now you're just solely on perm. Like, how did you get better at the juggling act? I'm assuming because was you, was you, when you was doing cr- contracts, was it typically working with businesses that you also do perm with?
1: Yeah. Do, so I'm in. Mean? So we, I had one specific project. I had a couple other runners that went out through the year by one specific big project that took in, a, a lot of uh, a lot of billings um so you had one what a couple of key accounts it was just one account really one and did uh, you win did you win that so it was a split with my manager she'd okay. been working with the account for a while and um, what happened was they basically had these three tech roles that had been out to agencies for a really long time they couldn't fill any of them uh it was three roles i filled all of them mm. uh even though they'd had two months head start and they were like okay that's great two nine yeah we we want more people like that get me on the psl yeah that was ex- <laughs> no, that, that was exactly it we'd yeah, had yeah. we'd had one off roles here and there with yeah. them she'd known them for years uh but they never were like we're going to give you lots of roles suddenly they gave us these three roles i filled them all we were celebrating yeah we've done really really well and then suddenly they were like hey look we've got a massive big project that needs those exact same people on the contract we're going to give it to you fully exclusively manage service you're going to help us out bosh yeah so we worked on that together that's fair enough um and we got a big contract book from that mm. and that was that was really helpful for me as like a helping hand because i think the difficulties one of the big difficulties for all recruiters at any level is consistency isn't yeah, it yeah yeah of course making sure you're,
0: you're, only, you're only as good as your last
1: deal um, <laughs> last month <All> right, <laughs> yeah that's making sure you're running through money each month so for me the idea that I've got a contract book that's making me a good amount of money X, yeah, means that I'm good. not blanking a month you know
0: yeah you've got Even, that locked in for however many months It's garan- nothing it's goes tits up or whatever
1: exactly it's guaranteed that you're going to pull in circa this amount of money as long as those contracts stay on side which they did uh, and it was just a case of I've got a comfort blanket now yeah You know, the second year was like, okay, you've got an actual, real, proper target now. Mm. How are you going to beat it? And I was like, well, I've got a comfort blanket that's going to help me out. I don't Mm. have to sit there and be worried about being like, oh, I'm below target. You know, I've got something that's going to cover me for a good chunk of that. So would you say that was a positive or a negative? Massive positive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was super helpful. I think the difficulty is for lots of people that work. Your desk is are still expected to go pick up contracts and like go actively looking for and them get more projects and i think that's really difficult to work alongside a perm desk personally yeah if you say, you've got a resource mm, for the perm mm, jobs
0: the the is not the problem is okay. it because
1: it's contract you know you can find people in a day or two yeah um it's the actual going going out to find those companies find those projects get the roles on that's really tricky unless you've got either a a, a big client that hires contracts you've got a really firm relationship with and you make it quite clear you can do contract or B, you're actively going out to to find them. Most contractors, mo- most contract recruiters will spend like 80% of their time doing BD. Really? You can't then take that out and put it on a perm consultant as well and be like, are oh, you BDing for both? They need to have a bit more of a structured goal about are you building up a book or are you putting money on the board? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think it's really I think it's really hard to do that balance. How did you go about it then? Like I say, it was more we worked that dual desk as, as and when the roles were given to us.
0: Oh, okay, fair, fair. Sorry. So we had big sorry, accounts
1: yeah. that were going to throw us the roles, then we worked them. And in that case, it was a huge project. So that made sense. But we never went out
0: and looked for it. Okay, fair enough. And you've identified that actually that is where the challenge would come. Well, you wouldn't have had the time otherwise. The, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So then that that that's really interesting, mate. And then I guess, um, obviously, in, in this obviously second year, how how because obviously now you're just doing perm so how long have you just done perm for uh just so just over a year just over a year and obviously that's where you're really starting to pick up now Mm -hmm. right so i guess what how how was you slowly but surely building that perm side then how was you how was you sort of approaching that i don't
1: i don't think there's anything different than the standard answers of just reaching out to the right candidates putting in the right times. I say I've got a lot yeah. of time to do resourcing because I don't spend a lot of time doing BD mm. and that makes a life uh, my life a lot easier because I don't think there's much nuance in I mean there is a lot of nuance to the tech market in about knowing what you're talking about but I think the rest of it is the same amount of know who you're looking for approach them in the right way approach them tactfully and reach out to the right number of people mm. and then you'll get those good candidates come through the door mm. Um And then it helps if you are known, it helps if you do the right things in the background, like content and presentations and whatnot. But in the end, I don't think there's any more advice I can give to actually building out the perm desk, you know, other than just be strict with your processes to yourself and Mm. keep a firm or keep firm organization on what you're doing. So you have a track of what you've done and when basically. Yeah, no,
0: no, I I think that's valid, mate, and I appreciate that. So I guess, just to sort of give some context, then. So, from from what you were saying um, earlier, your your billings went in the positive direction, right? They did, or they did, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they have did, done. yeah, and they've continued to, yeah, yeah. So what so what's been your best year so far to date?
1: Uh, I mean, it's only two four years so far. Isn't oh yeah, sorry, mate, so, yeah. so I did one eight six last year, one eight six, yeah,
0: and then you and then you've already like you're well on the verge to hopefully. I'm, I'm on one
1: fifty so far this yeah. year. Yeah,
0: and what's the financial year like, January to December? Yeah. Oh. That's exciting. Yeah. To wanna to break that two hundred K mark. Yeah, that's the aim. Is, is that me. your standard like I've got to, got to break that two hundred K mark? Uh yeah, pretty much. Really? Yeah. So what would you say then? And what what I'd really wanna what I'll would dive into a couple yeah. of other things. But like th- thinking thinking about that, was there any key elements do you think that really contributed you to absolutely smashing that first year? Besides obviously having a lot more repetition of what you're doing and all those things? Like, do you think there's, do you put down, would you put that down to anything in in particular or not really? No, not really. Mm. I think I just answered your question. I just answered the question there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, not really. I think there's there's a few elements here and there that I find important that I think set me apart for those kinds of things. I think one is about um, sourcing properly and that's being understanding how to source people that's not just going for a list on LinkedIn. If you're a tech recruiter and you only use LinkedIn, then quit. Uh, <laughs> it, what else do you use? Uh, there was a we went to a talentful talentful do meetups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to their first one. Me and a few of the team It was in October, I think it was, and they were going over tech sourcing. And they did like a poll on how many people were using certain tools. Uh, GitHub, the one I mentioned earlier, which is I use it all day, every day. It's it's my second most important tool after LinkedIn. So if you don't know GitHub, no GitHub. They asked. They asked people who are coming. They did like a hundred agency recruiters or something, and they asked a pers- how many of them use GitHub, and it was zero percent. Yeah, and that's the that's my competition uh, missing my second most important tool. Wow. So when people say, "What am I missing to smash it?" I think you're missing. And just just to give some context for everyone. What is GitHub? GitHub is basically uh, where you store your code if you're a company or a developer
0: side projects or sometimes. Big projects that are actually commercially viable like out there oh, okay um so why what why is that you why so how that so surely that's a whole different game to approach people in there, surely,
1: yeah, but it's more a case of um if you put your projects on there, you are and you're more able to determine are they right for this role if someone's like for for argument's sake a JavaScript developer, but they have done a few recent projects in go oh
0: so sorry just help me out her. Huh? I'm yeah. a tech recruiter you have access to people's portfolios
1: it's basically a portfolio yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah okay that makes sense yeah
1: yeah sorry that was a much easier way to phrase it
0: um, yeah but it's where, it's where people put their side projects it's also where they all so they it. can showcase their skills which which makes them presentable to potential businesses to win to get jobs duh, duh, duh.
1: but for some people it's like the notes app on your iPhone like it's
0: just yeah fair, sp- fair, it's fair it's just like little stupid
1: scribbles they've done on their spare time yeah. to see if something works right um, but even so it's about knowing what someone's interested in um, and not in like a stalkerish way like I know what you're interested in it's more it's like I've actually gone out my way to see what you're interested in mm. I don't put a CV forward unless I've looked at their GitHub first to see what's going on really yeah because okay for a start if someone tells me oh I'm not actively looking I'm putting this CV together for you and you go on their GitHub and their first thing on there is a thing called CV and it was dated two weeks ago <laughs> and it was what they've just sent you and I go hey bud uh, why are you already on CV on there like Oh yeah, there were these other roles that I'm interviewing with. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's an insight into the candidate, into a mm. bit more detail. Um, there are most recruiters, as I said, zero percent of agency recruiters that talentful That's spoke mad. to don't use it. And for me, it's my number one tool. Um, number two, like number two, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah say <laughs> number two tool. Um, so there's that. There's other things like understanding how to X-ray search properly, uh, so you can get. To the bottom of the things you need to do. There's like automating your day via LinkedIn with save searches and stuff like that. So, first thing, I, I'm I'm normally first one in the office at eight every day. I normally open up and I come in, go and save searches, flick through people that are open to new opportunities. By the time people are rolling in at nine, I've already hit fifty candidates that are open to new opportunities. Yeah, I love that man. And you think? So yeah, I guess I'm uh, I guess I'm saying like there's nothing more you can do, but I think there's loads that you can do, and I'm just being maybe a bit too mm. concise about it. I think maybe it would be a, we need another another hour to talk about yeah
0: no no I think in the I'll be honest with you mate so one of the I think I work with two recruiters that operate in the tech market and that's where I heard a GitHub yeah so I guess I know we're sort of really leaning into a real niche here but I mean it's a it's a very popular market and might be interesting to people but in like two or three points if I'm a tech recruiter listening right now don't have to give away all your secrets but I'm just trying to think of people listening like what's like for an absolute GitHub rookie, how how should a recruiter attempt to use this tool instead of just looking like an absolute plonker and using it in the wrong way or whatever? Is there any sort of one or two tips that you go, right, don't do this or you approach using it this way or whatever?
1: So their re- so the repositories, which is where they store their code, it'll list what tech is used for each project okay just have a flick through the most recent ones and you can see what they're using up to date in their most recent roles yeah. or their most recent spare time mm. you know there were some people that get hit up about really old school tech they haven't used in five years and you can
0: see that on their github yeah it, okay that makes you know, it's sense that's right at the bottom so they haven't like touched like it now this recruiter is like trying to talk to me about something that i did yeah ages yeah, yeah. Ago and, and also
1: if you have a role that's got a really niche tech and you can find somebody who's played around in their spare time you can say hey i've actually got something that might interest you they're like do you know, thank the Lord someone took the time yeah. because everyone that gives just, you some
0: credibility and some trust. Yeah,
1: ab- absolutely. Uh secondly secondly I'm I'd be giving away too much. Really fair. No, no, there's there's not there's not that much to it. Fair, than, fair enough. You know, people uh, the other thing I'd say is people often leave their personal website on there, which is another bit of an insight into the candidate, what they've yeah, been up yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. You know, they might have, you know, their interest in photography, for example, they mm. might have traveling. Again, giving
0: again it's giving you that opportunity to have a unique difference when you're reaching out to When you to speak people. to the
1: candidate, you're not just speaking to them as, like, hey, I've got a job for you, are you are interested? You can ask them about the stuff you saw on their website, and they go, oh, this person actually looked into me and has approached me for a role because they think I'm good,
0: not just because they've sent out a spam to 200 people, yeah. which is what, unfortunately, lots of people do, right? Yeah, no, I really like that, mate. So I guess what what I, I love about sort of your approach and everything is 100% from what you're telling me, you do approach in a unique way, and you're saying, look, approaching people in the right way and the, these things talk to me a bit about that because i think a lot of people can get some value out of that like what in from your perspective from jack prize recruitment career so far cause it's clearly quite different do yeah. you know what i mean for you what what's the right way
1: there's loads of stuff the recruiters do that i hate talk to me not telling them who your client is yeah that's a bit weird not telling them how much you'll pay a bit weird not telling them about the role until you get them on the phone yeah that's that's pretty much it, mate. Like yeah. they're adults, right? Yeah. If you're sending someone a cold message, you're already on the back foot. Like accept that. Don't be like, oh yeah, I'm not going to talk to you unless you unless you speak to me on the phone. So it's gonna be like, mate, piss off. I'm not going to give you half an hour of my time. Yeah. Unless I know it's worth it. Uh, another thing, and you might disagree with me on this. Go on. Don't put. Oh, hope you're having a nice day. Hope you're well. You <laughs> all right? Unle- I'll do like, that with every single message. See, I don't on a cold message to someone I don't know because I just want them to know why I'm reaching out. To yeah. Them. I don't want just get them to straight know. to the point. Yeah. But, I, no foreplay. I used to disagree with that. Cause we had someone who came to, to we had so an uh, external woman who used to come help train us sometimes when we were quite junior. And she was like, when I'm on the phone, I never say like, oh, how are you? She's like, I just get straight to the point Yeah, on the phone. I say, how are you? Cause I I'll like, oh, we're having a chat. Yeah, how, yeah, how's yeah, your day yeah. going? Yeah, not mm-hmm. bad. And I normally will tell them what's happening with me, you know, Normally I speak to people on a Thursday. I tell them what's, you know, how we did in five a side at lunchtime. Yeah. I think you told uh, me that on the phone. <laughs> See, there you go. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not lying. Um, I think, you know, the whole sort of like, Oh, I hope you're having a really nice day from a cold message to like a hundred candidates in a day. Like you don't care. Mm. Stop pretending you care. Like how many people actually send that? And they're like, Oh, do you know what? I really hope Judy is having a nice day. Yeah, yeah, you know, no one does. Like, be honest with why you're. What are you saying then? I'm saying be honest with why you're messaging people and then why it's come back to you. Mm. If you say, "Look, I'm recruiting for X company. I think you look really good because they're looking for this and you're a good match. They're going to pay you this much. You know, they're nice people. It's going to be an an interesting opportunity if you're open. If you're not, sorry for annoying you. See you later. Mm. You know, you have to acknowledge that you're speaking to people coldly and that you are on the back foot because there's also a million other opportunities coming their way from other really cool companies that might pay the same or be more interesting or yeah and if there's if I don't know them you know if it's fully cold they might be like oh, I'm I'm thinking of moving to another country or yeah. oh, I'm going to I'm not interested in this specific industry like you have to be up front because do you want to waste your own time speaking yeah, to someone 20 true. minutes and they're like oh is this in London Just get to the point yeah not interested like be straightforward like we are st- As much as I said I'm not salesy, it is sales to an extent, isn't it? Yeah,
0: for sure. It's like getting straight to the point. Just going straight to the point as to how you're hoping it can help them. Can you solve, like, do they currently have any challenges or problems that you might be able to solve? Just getting straight to the point, basically.
1: Yeah, and there's another pet peeve I have. And it's, um, people are going to disagree with me on this, for sure, is when you send out lots of messages about one role uh, and then be like, No, no, that's the wrong way to phrase it. When you're sending out messages to lots of people and you want lots of similar people for lots of different roles, actually putting like three or four different roles in the same message. Wait, well, I'm confused. So I'm recruiting for company, A, B, C, D. Yeah. They all want, Want the same person. They all want candidate X. Yeah. And I go to each candidate X saying, I've got roles at A, B, C, D that you all look good for. Here's each role. Cause then they're like, you may as well send them a spam message. Yeah. Why would you be like, you haven't made it like bespoke to that person. There's an element of making it bespoke and also being like, you're just being lazy. Yeah. Like if they come back and they reject your message, come back and be like, Hey, no worries. Company A is not good for you. I do actually recruit for BCD that would be good. Don't want to waste your time. That's so true. You know, I think that's more important. I think there's an element of laziness just trying to shove everything together. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I'm just trying to reach the same candidates for the same sort of things. It's like yeah, but you're wasting everyone's time at the same time because they're not going to come back to that message. You've wasted two hours of your day, mm. and I think that like I always preach quality over quantity all really? the time. No KPIs are KPIs' sake. The only KPIs that I care about are CVs to interview ratio. Yeah, interview for interview one to interview two. Does that turn to offer? Is there money on the board? Mm. I don't care about you know. I generally don't care about how many CVs I get out of the door as long as I know I've covered enough mm. um, and I've got good people. Mm. Because I know they'll convert to interview. I think in the, I think my CV to in the first interview ratio at the moment is like one to one point two or something like that. Cheers. That's far that's far more important to me. Yeah, of course. Than just trying to shortcut everything. Yeah, and, I think,
0: and then I think that ties into everything that we were talking about earlier as to the the insights you got into competitors and how they're trying to understand the people that they're hoping to help in these things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess does this translate into the, the business development side then? Like, are you are you quite? Is that how you approach the business development side in terms of the um the direct approach or are you very reliant on what's coming to you and the referrals if so that's cool
1: i do a bit of both so like uh, when i say i do bd it's more if a candidate i know is looking or a candidate that i've gotten well from the start is looking actively and i say hey how are you getting on do you want actual real help or are you sort of happy where you are going through recruiters or or applications if they want help then it's a case of let's go get a beer let's talk about where you want to work and what you want from this role mm. i'm going to give you 10 options i'm going to go through a companies that i think would be good for you i'm going to give you 10 options because you know what you want but i know the market yeah, yeah. i know what companies might Coming be good back to where you're well informed about give them those companies and say pick three and i'll go introduce you to them and also write me something about each company once you've had a look at it so when you're actually given a Get them to do some work only given an approach to uh, an internal i do most of my approaches to internal recruiters as well really because i think most people consider an approach to a hiring manager either a wasting a hiring manager's time because they don't have they're not the ones that deal with agencies that aren't on a psl yeah or they don't care where the cvs come from they just review the cvs and um, b you don't i think most internal recruiters see it as going behind they're
0: back as well. So you 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 want to champion the internal recruiters and be on their side, or I'm be perceived with, that way? On a day
1: to day, I'd be working with the internal recruiter, not the hiring manager. Really? So who
0: do I want the relationship
1: with? Who's got the who's going to help me open up the business, work on other roles? When I go to meet the company, chances are I'll meet the hiring manager for half an hour and talk about the role and what they need. But I'm going to be chit chatting with the 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 internal recruiter. You know, they're the ones. Do you that, get to know
0: the hiring manager though, or not?
1: As much as I can, yeah, yeah, of course I do. I think that's important too. Yeah, I think yeah. there's lots of companies where uh, I've got a very open relationship with the hiring managers, but it's never like to go behind the internal. Yeah, back yeah, that isn't and, how and, you and, want and to. usurp
0: them, and that, and you make sure that you're not perceived that way.
1: Yeah, and that's why I want my first approach to be sort of, hey, look, I've gone to you because I don't want to be that, mm. you know, that. And again, uh, you're being direct about that. Yeah, and I'm and, and and it's about being honest from day one, so they know what they're getting from me. And I will say, hey, look, I reached out to this candidate. I know them really really well. They're interested in uh in moving on. They're interested in you, this company and this company. Here's what they said about you. This is what I know about them and what they've been doing. I think it's a really good match for what you've been up to and I suggested it to him. Do you fancy a chat and speaking to the candidate in more detail, etc. And it's a very it's a it's a very different approach from saying, "Oh, I spoke to a candidate, they're good. I've got a CV. Now I'm going to send it to 50 hiring managers in a day and see yeah. if I get a bite back." And then how many times do you either A, not get a bite back, B, get told to go away or C, the candidate in two months is working for that company <laughs> and you go, ah, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. For me, that, that's like my ideal BD approach other than referrals and No, mate, thank you for breaking me. that
0: down. I think I know in your world you may, that may sound like basic and just like simple but that, that generally is the most common question I get asked to ask people about business development and I think that's, that's really interesting how you break that down. Um, so I guess as we wrap up, mate, we nearly, nearly spoke for an hour already. Yeah, mate. sorry about that's, that. That's mental. <laughs> mate. Uh, as we wrap up, I guess <clears throat> just a few final things that I wanted to get um, your uh, perspective of is I think yeah, obviously we went in quite early in terms of like how you've approached recruitment differently. Obviously, look, you you know that that's something that I'm obviously a huge advocate for. So I guess how how have you continued how have you continued to um make sure that you give that enough time because i think a lot of people the biggest challenges that i hear from people from recruiters that might be listening to this going right okay heard he bang on about this personal brand thing and then obviously Jack's just talked about how he's got involved it and embedded in the industry in these things the most common challenge i hear is i don't have enough time he right second one is i have no idea what to talk about
1: so it's interesting you say that because that was going to be my answer I don't write content unless I have something to talk about Okay. because how often do you see content from recruiters or recruitment agencies just trash? You have no interest yeah. in reading really, it. Here's my top 10 interview tips and it's like dress smart. Yeah, well done chap. Yeah. Um, Bad. If I see an interesting article that I want to bounce off, if there's, you know, there's one that I've done, there's an article I've actually done twice that was about, Uh, a survey for developers by Stack Overflow which Mm. is a sort of a developer's website where you get questions and answers if you're struggling with something you know can you help me out Forum, Um, and they do a developer survey every year and I write about insights from that or we did one where we did insights on the placements we've done and the candidates and the CVs we've sent so we could talk about what the market is as a talent pool you know what the diversity split is what our diversity help is um i write about that if there's nothing to write about don't write people, something people to take people, people disagree with this though right because people like you should force the content out mm. and keep it regular and then you get engagement but for me i care more about making sure the content i put out is really quality. good for me yeah. so if someone does ask i'm not like oh that that was trash yes yeah, i don't yeah, read yeah. that I want someone to say, oh, that was actually really, really good and really useful. And I do get people say to me, oh, I actually read your article like a year ago. Yeah. And I remember it. Yeah, that was good. Um, And is that an article decision or your LinkedIn profile? Yeah. Yeah. So they're all set on my LinkedIn. I've got a Medium as well. I post them on Twitter. I post them on LinkedIn. Mm. Um, They get shared on the Red Cat page as well and via Red Cat's Medium page as well. Nice. So it helps generate uh sort of genuine content that isn't just like
0: yeah oh i think i should put something out now because i think it will generate yeah. how did ref- you cultivate those ideas then was it, did they just come from so for my whole thing is um a lot of, like a lot of those things you're talking about then i'm assuming that you've had in normal conversations with candidates and clients in the market a lot of the time and sometimes like what one thing for example
1: uh it's more about educating yourself to an extent as well okay. Um, I treat them kind of like an essay like I've got this is my source material there these, he is, English this, <laughs> English lit student these are the three things I want to pull from it and yeah. talk about and this is what I'm going to break it down one thing was about uh, I think it was in one of the surveys it was 52% of developers didn't have even a bachelor's degree yeah and how many times do you get a job spec saying oh bachelor's in computer science physics maths oh, or similar okay, interesting. and you think and you speak to a high manager, you say, "Can we take that off?" They're like, "No, we we're really academic, or you know, we're really high bar." I say, "Okay, if you're missing forty eight percent of the market. What's more important to you?" Yeah, class. And they Love say, nice class. They say, "Oh no, no, it's really important to us." Say, so, "Okay, we'll expect half the
0: CVs from us mm. because you've put a no, half on the market." No, what what I really like that you said about that is one, you shared your opinion. Two, because I think recruiters do way too much. of just sharing articles and then don't add any context. And yeah. quite frankly those types of posts don't reach that many people anyway no. um, so I love the fact that you've done that and then also again yeah so you, you're then using market knowledge you're using real conversations to sort of formulate what, what you decide to talk about and if you're happy to talk about it mm-hmm. I like that and then how have you maintained that in your day normal week do you get what I mean because again time is an issue right because you've got your director going Jack get on the phone mate <laughs> <laughs> my director knows better than anyone else because <laughs> like that's a real challenge right yeah. i'm going yeah he should might get it jack's talking some sense but how, think- do, how do i fit in that man in my day so how have you got because again being open and honest way I always am with people like i that's a constant challenge for me how do i and i've I, I block out time in my diary but sometimes i do other stuff and all these things so it's an ongoing process which i tell people that you get people at but just to see if there's any practical advice that you have and you've been through like how have you maintained that activity that clearly is um, generating a lot of return for for you in your normal
1: typical yeah. recruitment day I think this is probably where you'll kill me Go because on. I don't really set aside like a dedicated time Fairs. it's more as and when I think it's really a good time to do so it just act more in the moment yeah so like I say when it comes to the doing the content it's more do I think this is something that's worth writing about? Yeah, well, I think
0: I think that's a good question to ask first and foremost. I think that's a good quality question. And
1: to I, ask. I, I think in terms of, you know, am I just putting out a post on LinkedIn for the LinkedIn sake? You know, I think we talked about earlier, just being like, these are the 10 jobs yeah, I've got yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. No, Horrible. yeah, not worth it, not worth my time. I do a job post, you know, once every few weeks. It goes into a bit more detail about the role, as I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, it's not really content in the same way. I like to spread it across between, Uh, An element of doing panels and presentations, Mm. uh, you know, uh, doing a bit of writing in when I can. And then also as a part of that, going to meet candidates who aren't experienced and giving them advice into the market. So that's like...
0: Paying it forward.
1: Yeah, paying it forward uh, is definitely a big part of what I do. And mm. I think if you're not paying it
0: forward in
1: tech, like how can you prove that you actually
0: care? Mm. There's nothing more you can say. Do you, do you, I know that I'm, I actually really like the fact this has been quite tech-focused, but from what I understand, again, working with a few individuals, like a lot of people in the tech market, obviously it depends, but I've heard this phrase, tech for good and a lot of people that obviously I've heard through other people yeah. is that actually a lot of people in the industry are actually really motivated by trying to make some sort of positive impact in the world. Obviously not everyone, but yeah,
1: I think, I think tech for good is more about uh, how many tech companies are there in the world. that are just glorified ad revenue generators. Yeah. Fairs. So it's more about, and like, Oh yeah, I'd love to work for Apple. They're so groundbreaking and innovative, but they also like try and monopolize all your devices, take all your money, <laughs> like try and yeah. take over your whole life. People yeah. actually are like, I want to give back um and for me it's the same you know i want to i i I don't just it's like i say money is my motivator but i care about the people as well and it's why i get up in the morning so when i say i'm going to meet a candidate who hasn't got any experience and you might go why you can't. you can't market him out to anyone i say no but you know it's about helping it's not even a case of oh but they might go work for a company and they can help me get a role later on it's not about that it's about just genuinely being a person who has a skill to help people who need my help who Mm. you know might have been someone might have given them a good word about me or something and it's about doing what i can because you know it's if we're all part of a community as well you know you can't claim to be part of the tech community unless you're actually giving back to it as well
0: yeah yeah. otherwise you're gonna get found out (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, you, you can't just
1: claim to be part of the tech community if you turn up to uh a meet up in your suit with your messenger bag on
0: and sit at the back of business cards him. pocket yeah 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 leaving,
1: the, leaving them on the chairs as soon as someone's <laughs> <stands up. laughs> you, know, you, can, you can't do that it doesn't work like that yeah, so i fairs. think i think i do a split of each when i can yeah i like that And i don't and i think you know it's not an element of i do a bit each day and that's probably my downfall mm. is i don't do enough of that mm. um I think we're at a comfortable level right now. Maybe mm. I could do more. And it's more. working for you yeah. and
0: those things. Cool. So I guess to round off, mate, before I, um, I ask you what you're excited about and what's going on in um, your world, I think it would be a, a quite a nice thing to sort of round off because I know we've spoken about it a lot and you might be repeating yourself, but it's fine. I guess advice for people that are two years, three years in, or obviously maybe a bit um, in terms of how long they've been in it, maybe a bit less than you that i'm very confident thinking of the messages i get a lot of these people do operate in the tech market right so i guess just to round off everything that we've spoken about any sort of go-to advice for someone that maybe is still at that 100k level in the tech market or is really struggling to push on or get their name in the tech market these things any sort of go-to advice to round off um this whole sort of conversation does it have to be short doesn't it? Doesn't have to be. It can be short. <laughs> I've got a few.
1: Be. I've got a few thoughts there. I think on. One, if you're stuck around the 100k mark, if it's because you're not trying, yeah, and you don't care, go do something else. Yeah. If you, I mean, assume if they're listening to a recruitment podcast, they care enough. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, if you're stuck around the 100k mark and you're yeah. like happy earning 30, 35 grand a year, go do something else. Yeah. You could do that in sales, and it's going to be less stressful and mm. and
0: whatever. Recruitment is think- sales, mate.
1: You know, like go over Virgin Media, you know. <laughs> I think in term in terms of advice for people Technic that critters. people that are caring and are trying and they're struggling, I think for me again it goes back to that be genuine, like be a real person and be human. Be human. Don't just be a sales generator and churning things in and out, you know, mm. be a human and um, people buy off humans. And I think one thing I was gonna say earlier was, you know, you look at the graphs of how people move from one company to another in tech and it's like an overwhelming amount are through friends and referrals from friends really and if you stop being that salesy recruiter who is always just hammering you and isn't friendly and isn't nice and you can't get on with you know they're not going to go via you but if you are someone who you know you might not have you don't have to be friends with them you know but if you can get on if you can chat if you can prove you're worthwhile you know people will go to you people will say oh i actually don't yeah. mind going to him about a job you know there are some people that i speak with on a regular basis where i interact with them more on twitter about funny stuff that they post i'm like haha that's funny yeah. retweet than i do actually <laughs> about jobs yeah and there's times where and like there's like a weird thing where it's like oh yeah actually when it goes via email i'm gonna email you a job but most of the, but i speak to you like four or five days yeah, of the week yeah, yeah, on yeah, twitter yeah, yeah. about
0: other stuff you post
1: they're more likely to move for someone who they can trust because they're like, yeah, Oh yeah, sure. we, we, we like the same stuff. Basically. So, that's, so that's
0: your advice for people in that. Market. That makes sense. I like that. Be genuine, be yeah. a person. No, I really like that. So I guess, um, before we finish, mate, yeah, what's going on, uh, in Jack's world that you're excited about. You're going to break <laughs> this 200 K mark this year, then or what?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's my aim. If I don't, then, you know,
0: I'll cry. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah we're going <laughs> to find out, mate. <laughs> I just have to do it next year.
1: <laughs> um, there's nothing to be that excited about okay yeah anything at Red Cat? yeah we're hiring are you yeah we're hiring you loads got, you haven't
0: put that in your LinkedIn name have you no we are hiring in big capital letters yeah maybe I should an like, and loads of, loads of the stars around it yeah <laughs> um,
1: yeah we're hiring we're hiring across uh, grad level we're hiring senior recruiter we're hiring every level we're hiring a head of contract at the moment to head okay. up our contract team who've been growing massively over the last year um and those are the things we got excited to be about a we're also building out an office in new york that oh, my excellent. director jamie is leading at the moment um i think that's pretty oh and we're re, and we're rebranding oh nice. yeah we're getting a relaunch of the website which is looking really really good um Slick. hopefully my face passes all over it as everyone deserves yeah um yeah that that yes yeah, so there's good stuff going on for me nothing though nothing no it's all red
0: (laughs) (laughs) we can mate well look Jack it's been an absolute pleasure mate yeah cheers mate thank you
1: yeah you're welcome